You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. and welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead, the small business podcast presented by The Hartford. This is John Adaconis. I hope you are having a wonderful day wherever you are. I am joined as always by my co-host, Gene Marks. Gene, how are you doing today? Hey, John, I'm doing good. Yeah, this is good. We left our videos on while we're having this conversation. We should be doing a little bit more of this. I like seeing your smiley face when we talk. <laughs> it's that <laughs> virtual empathy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, everyone, today we are joined by a special guest. Her name is Sarah Noel. She owns Between the Lines Copywriting, and she is a marketing strategist. And she's here today to talk to us a little bit about SEO, which is kind of one of those universal mysteries that I feel that is never fully understood. Um, So, Sarah, we are excited to have you and to dive in to, to learn a little bit how SEO works and how we can think about it for those locally owned and operated businesses out there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. So at, at a high level, SEO stands for search engine optimization. What does that mean to the layperson? Okay, so like you said before, everyone's confused about what SEO is it, because it's a tech term. I think by looking at it under this tech umbrella is why everyone is so like, ah, what the heck is that? How do I do that? I don't understand it at all. So search engine optimization is exactly what it sounds like. You're optimizing your content for search engines. It's specifically for Google, probably, because when was the last time you heard somebody like, I'm going to go look that up on Bing. Nobody uses anything else. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're obsessed with Yahoo or something, but for the sake of my answers, we're going to be talking about Google. So if you have a website, that's primarily what my expertise in as a website copywriter, that's what I focus on. Um, and that's where I'm able to give the most knowledge is website specific SEO. So you're all you're doing when you're optimizing your website for search engines is just increasing your chances of showing up on that page one of Google. Awesome. Now, when I think about SEO and I think about conversations I've had kind of casually or with others in, in the trade, one piece of common advice that I cringe at when I hear is like, yeah, you just need more keywords. And hmm. I think there is this notion that if you can load up your page with keywords and if you can hide your font in the same color, is there ways you can kind of cheat the system and show up? And I don't think what many people realize is like the millions of ingredients that go into an SEO ranking and how that changes not even day by day, but hour by hour. As we're kind of thinking about how to optimize that content, are there a couple high level like themes or buckets or how do you approach kind of looking at a site and say, how do I make this content more valuable to Google and hopefully show up in front of the people I'm trying to capture? Well, first of all, I would never advise to do what you just said. Absolutely <laughs> not. If anyone's listening to this and thinking, yeah, let me go stuff a bunch of keywords and change the font to something translucent. Do not ever do that. That's going to hurt your chances of showing up anywhere on Google. They're about to blacklist you from Google for doing that. <laughs> it's called keyword stuffing. And I would say that's the biggest like SEO myth or tactic um, that people think is a good idea. That's a horrible idea. So don't ever do that. So I would start by making sure that my clients have not done that and advise them against it. <laughs> but in terms of something that I can give as sort of a high level, this will improve your SEO does have to do with keywords, just not stuffing them in random places. So if you're a service-based business owner, I would recommend um, thinking about how you can 
use the keyword that has that service in it. So for example, I'm a copywriter, right? I'm never ranking for number one of copywriter ever. That's not, not going to happen. There are businesses that are way bigger than me. I'm sure like a university's copywriting program would rank for that word. And when I say rank for a word, I just mean using that as my keyword. When somebody Googles copywriter, the people that rank number one are the people that show up first in that search. So you're not going to find me if you just Google copywriter. But if you Google creative launch copywriter, you are going to see me. If you Google um, website copywriter, you're going to see me. If you Google launch copywriter, you're going to see me because that's a way that I have sort of um, made that keyword my own. So the search volume for that, the amount of people that are searching for that are less, but those are the people that are searching for me. So thinking of your keywords as giving them a descriptor is something that can help you. And then just using those words throughout your content. So on your homepage headline or on your services or product page headline, you'll definitely want to include keywords. But I would say the number one like SEO tip that I have is to remember that Google is basically human at this point. It's 2022. The algorithm is so advanced. That's why we're all talking about how none of us actually can really understand what they're up to. Google can index your content. So search through your content and read it almost like a human would. So writing for humans first is not only going to help you as a business owner, because people are going to view you as authentic. They're going to love your personality. They're going to feel like they got to know you instead of knowing a business. You know what I mean? Your website is more of a conversation than it is a billboard. Google is going to like that same same vibe too. They want you to write like a human so they can keep humans on your site so then they can view your site as credible and then recommend it to their searchers. I think that's interesting because I think that many people are trying to kind of get into Google's good graces. But I don't think what people always kind of complete in their mental transaction is that Google's a customer service platform, right? Like they're happy when the people using the search engine are happy. So if you want to be one of those pages, I think you have to think about, to your point, not just the keywords and how do I show up for the things I want to show up for, Mm -hmm. but does it pay off in my site, right? So I think overall site health and value is important. And, you know, Gene and I have had a lot of conversations with folks on kind of how to get started in content marketing and why that might be important, especially for a service-based business. Yeah. So can you help us understand how you maybe start to think to frame that for clients? So I'm, I'm an marketing consultant and I want to find people in my area, but I'm thinking about what I call myself, right? So mm-hmm. advertising specialists, like branding expert, like those mm-hmm. things. But to your point, there's a lot of things and organizations and people who are much bigger than me. How do I start to understand how to make those keywords my own or better yet, even the reality of what people are looking for versus the reality of what I want to call myself or be known for? Like, are there tools or ways to kind of start to get inside the customer's mind there? Yeah, for sure. I think there's two things that you can do. So the first is focusing on what your ideal client or customer wants to hear as opposed to what you want to say right? So there's a lot of times we're on our websites, we're preaching like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. But your ideal client isn't there yet, right? They don't have that stage of awareness yet. They don't know what that industry jargony term even means. So we need to take a step back and think, are, what are our actual ideal clients and customers talking about? What did they say? What would they call us? Would they call me a marketing strategist or would they call me someone to write my website? You know what I mean? What they think about, I need a website copywriter or do they know like, how do I write my about page? You know what I mean? So I think that's where content marketing comes into play. If you think about what your people that you're hoping will land on your website are searching for, it might not be your title. So that's option one. (laughs) Option number two is thinking about what your differentiator is, right? So if, like I use my example of copywriter, I'm never coming up for copywriter, but I am coming up for 
creative launch copywriter because somebody that knows that they need a sales page for their next online course launch would probably search for launch copywriter. And maybe they don't want someone techie and boring. Maybe they want someone creative. So they added those descriptors to help find the more specific you know, result that they want. And then I come up for that because I'm that person. But if someone were to search, you know, copywriter for tech industry, I'm not coming up. I don't know anything about the tech industry. Um, So I think that using descriptors that your ideal clients would actually use is a good way for that. Also adding your location. If I, if you look up copywriter Worcester, Massachusetts, there I am because that's where I live. (laughs) And that's where, you know, the local clients are going to be. Local SEO is really important if you're a business that's not, you know, not virtual. If you're like a photographer or if you're obviously like a brick and mortar store, you're going to want to include location in those keywords. Um, But Keywords should be everywhere throughout your whole site. So you have the option to use all of those different things. So I could put my location in my descriptor. I could call myself a website copywriter on my homepage and a launch copywriter on my services page and a creative copywriter on my contact page. And I'm going to come up for all of those things. So you don't have to just pick one. So thinking about all your differentiators and adding that is a good place to start. Awesome. And I also think about backlinking as it relates Mm -hmm. to SEO and domain authority. So for folks who don't know what those terms mean, Backlinking is typically when someone else is is putting a link to your page on theirs. And domain authority is essentially like how credible the internet deities think that your site is. (laughs) So I, you know, we've talked again historically in this program a lot about kind of the importance of like community in a small business. And I think especially to your point about being able to show up locally Mm -hmm. or being known as a business who's local, especially if you're brick and mortar or if your customers are kind of in a geographic area. I, I don't think enough can be said for like, can you build a site structure that's almost like spoke style? So if you're a, a restaurant, because, you know, I can't get through one episode without a restaurant analogy, mm-hmm. and maybe you're launching a catering company, maybe you talk and you show images of where you've catered at like a well-known local landmark. And maybe you're then trying to get that caterer or to link back to the photographer who did, you know, the shots of, of the food in the wedding there. Or maybe they are kind of paying back the favor and saying like, hey, this was an event brought to you by these other four brands. So I think the more you can kind of partner with other people to kind of rise mm-hmm. all ships um, is, is a tactic I know I've used in the past that has been helpful. You know, you're an expert. Like, do you think that's true or am I giving bad no. advice here? No, 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 you're not giving bad <laughs> advice. I was just going to add to it. Another way you can um, get back or a couple more ways you can get some backlinks is if we're talking local businesses, are you on your local businesses directories? Are you a member of your local chamber of commerce? As soon as I joined my local chamber, I got a million more backlinks because they list you know, new members on their homepage. They have added me to their directory now. They have blog posts. They have sections where they talk about marketing experts. So joining your local chamber of commerce, not only for the backlinks, you'll probably get lots of other benefits from doing that. But thinking about directories, let's say you are a caterer and maybe there's an article that you're that, um, you know, Best of Massachusetts has posted about best 10 caterers in Central Mass or something. Is your name on that list? Can you email them and ask them to put your name on that list? Things like that. So there's a lot of ways you can get backlinks. Also blogging. I don't know how much you've talked about blogging on this podcast. I am a fan of the everyone should be blogging mentality. So if you have a blog or you like to write and somebody else has a blog, guest blogging on somebody's site is a good strategy as well. There's a lot of ways you can get backlinks. No, I think that's that's a great foundation for folks. You know, I, I get intrigued by how little actions can kind of help everything else you're doing, right? So to your mm-hmm. comment about joining associations, really advocating for yourself. Like you can do great work, but if nobody knows you're doing the work, like it's, it's not exactly. really going to help you. So I think, you know, it's just a reminder to to have a little bit of faith in the product you're putting out there and, and be willing and, you know, able to talk about it because that's the only way people are going to be able to find out. 
Jean, tapping you in here. So you are definitely in that service space. Your mm. your world is a bit more global. So wondering kind of how you think about this and, and what questions you might have for Sarah. Oh, I have lots of questions for you, Sarah. I So, um, you, you know, I just, I, I run a company outside of Philadelphia. We have about 10 people. We sell CRM software. Okay. Uh, my website is marksgroup.net. Um, we, and, and let me tell you what my, what my, uh, what my biggest problem is, okay? And I'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts. Real life, right? So we sell and implement some big brand names like Salesforce.com and Microsoft Dynamics and Zoho and a few others, you know? So if you go in and you you know, you you search for Salesforce or you search for Dynamics, or you search for Zoho or Pipedrive or HubSpot, because those are the other ones that we implement, mm-hmm. my company comes up on page number 840,000 of a Google search. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the reason why is because these are the big brands, man. They are buying space on there. They are funneling tons of money. I mean, you know, you search for Zoho and you got to get through basically like three pages of Google listings before, you know, before you even start seeing anybody not related to Zoho Corporation. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? How do I, how, do, how does a business get around that? There are a lot of small businesses, Sarah, that sell products, you know, um, you're a copywriter. So that's, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but you know, there's, you know, but, but there's some people that are in the distribution business or they're in the, you know, I sell, you know, you know, GE refrigerators, or I sell, I'm a car dealership or I'm a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. When people search for you, they're the big brands take up all the space. Do you yes. know what I mean? How does a small business get around that? So it depends on the type of small business that you have. So if we're a car dealership, for example, I'm gonna Google Kia Telluride near me. You can't get yep. a telluride anywhere right now. So which that's a whole other story. So <laughs> you'll look you'll put near me and that automatically, you know, gives you the location-based stuff. But if you don't have the luxury of being able to do that, like if I Google, you know, Kia Telluride right now. Wagner Kia and Truthbury is going to come up or maybe for you, you know, the Hartford one is going to come up. But if you're somebody who is, you know, more of a global audience, like you said, is your ideal client actually just Googling Salesforce? Are they just right. Googling HubSpot? You know what I mean? I think that your better opportunity would be from answering their questions. So Google loves when people ask questions and they love to optimize content that answers that question. So what's a frequently asked question that they have about the service that you're providing? Like, are they Googling what is a CRM? Are they sure. Googling how to implement my CRM? Are they Googling what's the difference between Salesforce and HubSpot and whatever? Are they, you know what I mean? I think sure. getting into the questions that they have about it is your like biggest way in because Salesforce and HubSpot and Zoho and all of them aren't talking about each other. You know what I mean? If you're talking about all of them or like five best CRMs to use or which CRM is best for my company, things like that. Answering the questions is going to be your in. I love that. And, you know, so a couple comments on that. So comment number one is we have a, a pretty active blog on our site and we write mm-hmm. about you know, different things about, uh, you know, about the products that we sell. We get like about uh, 20,000 visitors to our site a month. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, when you hear that, you're like, whoa, that's like a, that's a lot for a small business. Yeah. Well, before you get too excited, there's like <laughs> one article that we wrote like two years ago about mm-hmm. Microsoft Teams and integrating it with Office. And it gets 99% of the hits. <laughs> and it's crazy. And, you know, and I'm trying hard. So you're absolutely right. Like if you if you write on something that is really pertinent to the searchers, like solving mm-hmm. a problem um, that works. And and I'm really glad that you said that because that that's worked for me. And by the way, when people are hitting that site, I'm doing everything to get their attention. You know, like, yeah. hey, do you have any other questions or would you like to download a white paper or chat yeah. you know, whatever? So that's that blog post that gets 99% of your traffic, you better have calls to action, like yep. no other in that blog post. 
You are exactly right. Like pop-ups coming on, things yeah. on the sidebar, like, okay, they visited my site. How do I grab them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Related posts throughout the content of that post. So that's number one. Okay. The other thing that you said that I think is really important for our listeners is this. I mean, like I'm not a retailer. I'm not a restaurateur. We sell CRMs. One of the CRMs we sell is Zoho, which I think a lot of our, you know, a lot of our listeners would be familiar with. They're a small mm-hmm. business CRM. As you were talking, Sarah, okay, because you, you said something really interesting to me. Um, I Googled Zoho near me, right? Yeah. The first name that appeared was my freaking company on the map. The first name. And I never thought, you know, I never really thought about that. But you're, it, it's so, Google seems to be so much more localized Yes. Than it ever was before. Is that a fair statement to make? Yes, definitely. If you go, obviously, if you Google near me, you're going to get stuff that's near you. But even if even anything you're Googling, you're going to get results that are a little bit more tailored to your location. I used to live in Canada for a year. I would Google something and my page one of Google would be different than, you know, my mom Googling it in Massachusetts. It just is so tailored to every single thing about you. Google, she's in your brain. They know what's up. So, yeah, yeah Google is smarter than we think. Yeah, it's really it's really important to know that. And I think it's important for our listeners to know that that localization is really, really important. Like Google is seems to be really into that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I just um, Google dynamics near me because we sell Microsoft dynamics. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I got like yeah. general dynamics and uh, dynamics pharmacy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So obviously it's not a foolproof thing, but I think yeah. you know, from this conversation, you've, you've really motivated me to work on more location settings on my, you know, keywords on my website, mm-hmm. um, as well as more keywords for the products. And hopefully that will filter up. Okay. For sure. I really have a good. tip for you before we move on. Go Please. on Uber Suggest. Have you been on Uber Suggest? Yep. Talk to me about it. Okay. Go on ubersuggest.com. It's Neil Patel's resource for SEO. It's free to everyone for three searches each day, or I believe the lifetime membership is $280. Like, forever. You don't ever have to pay again. And that is going to be the most helpful resource for anyone listening in terms of SEO, finding the keywords that work for you, thinking about search volume. They'll even suggest how to optimize your site. They'll tell you everything that's wrong with your site. They give you a domain authority score, everything you ever want to know about your site and SEO, you're finding it on Ubersuggest. So first of all, thank you. It's Uber Suggest, like Uber, like it's, it has nothing to do with the car. Yeah, you know, nothing the to do with the car, but spelled like the car. Uber right. Suggest.com. Uber and it redirects me to Neil Patel's site, which actually raises another question I was going to, I was also going to ask you. So Neil Patel, I've known him for years. I've interviewed him a few times. He is, uh, you know, a social media giant. So yes. you're listening to this, you know, and you really want some, some high level social media, you know, advice and consulting and strategy. Um, Neil is fantastic for this. But what about you, Sarah? I mean, like you're, you know, am I smarter than Neil Patel? <laughs> nobody's smarter than Neil Patel. Okay. No, Let's get good. that across. Not right? even Google. Yeah. No offense, but your, your company is called between the lines copywriting. Yes. It so is. that's not Neil Patel. That kind of, that almost says <laughs> to me, like you would work with a marketing strategist, a digital strategist and work together to put together the right type of copy for site. Tell me more about what you do and how you help your clients. So I am a website copywriter primarily, but I also offer sales pages and email marketing and content writing and everything like that. So the way that I structure it is I have two sort of like bigger client projects, one being a website, one being brand messaging in a website, I guess there's three, and then a third being sales page, which is typically for something like an online course launch or some sort of educational 
you know, service that someone's providing. A sales page is basically one long website that tells you everything you need to know to, you know, feel confident in investing. It's usually a large price tag attached to the sales page. But like I said, websites are my thing. So that's how I got into SEO because you cannot be a website copywriter and not have at least a little bit of knowledge about SEO or your copy is going to be irrelevant (laughs) because people will search for it and they will never find it. So I was finding that a lot of people in my industry are conversion copywriters. So writing copy that sells, obviously you're getting people to click those call to action buttons. But to me, that felt obvious. Like, of course I'm a conversion copywriter. Why else would you be a copywriter to drive conversions? That's the point. So I wanted to add an extra layer to that to be able to offer my clients, Hey, not only am I getting you conversions, this is also optimized for SEO. So I'm, I, every time that I write a website, I take their keywords into consideration. I make sure the word count is as long as that, you know, Google, it should be, which is 300 words a page. I never put, you know, big blocks of text on a site, all the things I optimize their site for SEO. And in addition to writing their website copy. So that's my, that's my day to day. Okay. So if I were to hire you and now I have an existing web, I have a couple websites, but let's say again, we'll take the, my core website for my company. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's existing. It's not, we're not creating it from scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, what would you do with like an existing website like mine? I know you haven't looked at it, so I'm not just, just generally, what would you do Mm -hmm. with a existing website client and about without, we don't have to get particular, but I'm just, you know, for our listeners, what does a service like this cost? So if you're building a website from scratch, I'm ignoring your current website for a second. If you're building a website from scratch, my services start at $4,000. That's a pretty normal investment. You definitely can find it for less. You absolutely will find it for more um, depending on the length. I mean, the length, depending on how robust your website is, right? If you're just home about services, blog, contact, $4,000 flat is what you're getting over here between lines copywriting. If you're adding a sales page, that's adding some more. If you're adding a resources page or portfolio page or additional services pages, then we're getting into a little bit more, obviously, as we keep adding the pages. And and I've got to, I've got to interrupt you right there. And just to make sure that I assure when people are listening to this, that they they understand like you're making an investment in, you know, Mm -hmm. in an asset for your company that is going to be not only driving potential prospects, customers to your business, Mm -hmm. but also helping you create your brand and build value in your company. So, you know, and and this is an investment that it pays off over years. So I just don't want people to get like, oh my God, $4,000. I know I can speak to that a little bit. The sounds like a lot. So you're hearing, oh my God, $4,000. That's a lot of money, right? Especially if you're a small business owner, you're using that website copy, like Jean said, for years and years to come. Typically three to four years is the shelf life of some good website copy. I often have my clients use their website copy for other things, Instagram captions, blog post ideas, email marketing, I'm giving you the copy. You can use whatever you want. It's on your site, but you can continue to use it elsewhere. And I primarily work with service-based business owners. So think like brand designers, wedding planners, photographers, anybody who has a service that they're providing someone else, they charge, let's let's use photographers for an example. One wedding mm-hmm. photographer hires me for $4,000. They book one wedding. They just charge them $10,000. They're going to book tons of weddings. They're going to book mm-hmm. hundreds of weddings using this website copy. You make your investment back in one client. One person fills out your contact form. You just made your investment back instantly. So the return on investment is insane. Right. What is, um, you know, again, for people that are thinking of hiring somebody like yourself, uh, because you're not the only game in town. Tell me, (laughs) tell me how you have been misused the most. Ooh, how I've been misused the most is definitely this one hurts my soul. When (laughs) somebody hires me, right, they will pay the $4,000, write the big check, website copy and they'll do one of two things either a hire a website designer that does not fit the aesthetic of their brand or does not fit the 
the the success level of their brand right there like i wrote the best website copy they're great it's going to convert and no one will be able to read this website and not fill out their contact form or not hire them and then the website design is horrible horrible ugly bad confusing user experiences just bad so that's the number one mistake i see is you know wasting your own money by not doing your research and hiring a really great brand designer um, for sure. Or just not, or like adding your own website, adding your own stuff to it. I feel like that's something that happens sometimes is people put it on their site. I had somebody recently who I was very, very excited about launching this client project. It was an ideal client of mine. It was a spin studio. And I was so excited to, you know, show the project off. I loved the copy and I go on her site. It's finally done. The designer sends it to me and she has added about a thousand words to her about page that just, <laughs> read like a LinkedIn profile and I want to shed a tear (laughs) because I'm never showing anybody this website because I'm not letting them think that I wrote that. So I think that's the number one. uh, That's great. That is great. And I just only just because I'm I'm sensitive to time and I've got so many more questions for you, but, but, you know, you would mention this when, when John, you know, when you were speaking, you know, with John um, about some of the things that you'd be doing, but I just, I just want to revisit just to make sure that we're clear. So if you're, if you're existing and if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're reviewing an existing site like mine, um, what you what do you mostly find that like business owners like me are just not doing that you immediately can swoop in and be like all right you know we got to fix this you know is there a few things yes for sure i think the number one thing i said this before i want to revisit it is that Mm -hmm. i think i said this before that your website is not a billboard it's a conversation so i think that the number one thing that i noticed like i said is that linkedin profile about page you are not speaking to them like a human people want to invest from and work with humans they don't want businesses they don't want stuffy content i understand if you're a business and you're trying to look professional i think there can still be personality added to that, even mm-hmm. if it's not, you know, me, obviously, if you go on my website, you're going to see as much personality as could be on a site because it's just me and I'm just one person providing a service. If you're a business, I understand that you can't do that, but I think that you still need to add a little bit, a little bit of spice <laughs> to the site. I think that's the number one mistake I see is that it's so boring and looks like everyone else's that you need to add a little element of differentiation. And then big blocks of text is something that I see a lot, big paragraphs that nobody's reading, um, headlines that aren't really attention grabbing um, or keyword focused, and then word count. I think that people post a lot of, I mean, their pages have a lot of information, but they don't realize that it's not, you know, enough. And on some pages and on other pages, they don't have anything good to say. It's like, contact me. And you're like, okay, Google hates you for that page. Final question um, has to do with just overall with, with Google overall. So mm-hmm. it's a two part question. First of all, is, you know, Sarah, is Google the only game in town? I mean, you know, is that it's just it's Google, Google, Google. Does anybody search anywhere else? I mean, do you ever you do you ever make I know these are a bunch of questions, but it's all the same thing. Yeah. Like, do you ever suggest to clients that like maybe you know Google isn't where you need to be? And the second part of that question is has to do with ads. I mean, you're all about great copywriting and, and, and SEO. Um, but that's all organic. So, you know, the question, you know, people place ads, you know, on Google, that's what Google wants, isn't it? They want you to spend money with them, you know, to, to get noticed online. So, you know, are we wasting our time with SEO? So, so number one is of course, yeah. So let, let just tell me about Google being the only game in town. And number two is give me your thoughts on Google ads and then we'll be released to the world. I will be succinct. I could talk about both of those things all day. So number one, I was already talking smack about Bing and Yahoo and everybody else before. So we already know my thoughts about that. 
The word search is literally synonymous with Google. When was the last time you heard someone, oh, I'll, I'll, let me bing that real quick. Let me <laughs> that. You say, I'll Google it. Everybody yeah. says, oh, let me Google that. Even if they don't even mean Google, even if they don't have Google set as their, um, you know, go to search engine on their phone or on their computer, you still say, I'm going to Google that. Google True. is the only one that matters. I don't want the like universe to hear me and then, then, you know, be upset with me about that. But it doesn't really matter though, that Google is the only one that matters when it comes to SEO. You're not doing anything Google specific when you're adding keywords. You're keep, you're going to show up on other search engines too. It's just that nobody cares. Nobody's looking at them. So when you're optimizing your website for SEO, you are thinking of Google when you're doing that, but Google is just a term for search engine. Okay. It's synonymous with search and synonymous with search engine. So you don't have to like, you're not saying in somewhere in your back end of your site, hey, at Google, you know what I mean? You're just sure. putting keywords and it's going to work for everyone. The only Google specific thing you should be doing is you using Google Analytics and Google Search Console to see how, you know, where your traffic is coming from, which pages are performing the best, which like on your site, you would see that one blog post from two years ago would be number one in terms of page visits. That's really helpful information to see which pages on your site need help. Like if your services page is like the number 17 on most visited, you're doing something wrong as a service-based business. That should be like number three. So right. that's my speech on Google. Now in terms of organic versus paid, organic yeah. is always the way to go over paid. The reason why I say that is two things. The first, as soon as you stop paying, the benefit goes away immediately. You stop paying for the ad, no more traffic comes to you. You're just throwing money at the problem, throwing money at the problem. It's like a Band-Aid. So you'll get in front of people, sure. But when was the last time you trusted an ad, right? Do you like ads? Nobody likes ads. When you go on Google and you search something, you're going to skip past it says ad and then the thing you're going to skip past till you can see the real page one because you know all oh, they paid for that they didn't earn that spot that's not authentic organic marketing is way more authentic and way more beneficial because like you said that one blog post two years in the making that's organic marketing for you that makes up a ton of your traffic but ads the second you stop that campaign you're done yeah and i think you know i i have a little perspective on that too because i think it is a a, a bit about a mix and what you're trying to do so I think an SEO mm -hmm. strategy is number one, because that's going to make yes. sure that your site is healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I think about how Google keeps changing their page, it's no longer just here's three promoted links and here's all your organic links. It's like, here's your three links that you paid for, and here's the questions that people are asking, and here's things that are similar to searches like yours, and now here's the organic yes, listings. Yes, exactly. So everything Sarah's talking about, especially thinking about it as a conversation, are you answering a question? That's going to bring you up because you might actually be answering a question that Google is saying people are asking. If yeah. you're in the local listing on kind of that right rail, like they keep redesigning. So I think it is important to think that way. But I also think in terms of paid, it also serves a different kind of need. So if I'm yeah. someone who's selling something that, someone is searching for in the moment and not to learn more not to get to know who's out there but like i need this thing they mm -hmm. might be more inclined to look at an ad because it's top of mind i've heard of that brand before okay i can get this from them yeah so i think I've heard like, of the brand before is key for sure right. you probably won't trust like just a random ad you have to see that instagram ad 10 million times before you finally buy that thing or whatever it is yeah correct and it, especially if you're with someone who's maybe interpreting an ad as like an opportunity to, to learn more, I kind of mm -hmm. feel like you're wasting your money as a brand yeah. because you're trying to convert them and they're like, I just want to know who you are. Exactly. Um, so there is that kind of balance on like, am I selling the thing now? So if it was like, hey, for 24 hours only, I'm a local retail shop and I'm trying to blast through all of my t-shirts because I'm getting room for the next season. Yes. Perfect thing for a search ad because it's like 50% off by now people, you can clearly mm -hmm. understand what you're getting. Yeah. Um, 
versus I want a trusted advisor or brand in the space and what do they say and who should I work with and what do they do? That's probably where you're probably outside of the ad box. Exactly. Yeah. Ads, I would say to that point or for some, for a campaign, like for example, I'm launching an online course next month. I will likely do ads for that online course. Just while the card is open, the seven days I'll do ads for my services. I would never do an ad because you'd be like, why, why can't you get clients on your own? You know what I mean? So retweet to what he said. <laughs> John, any final questions? That was great. No, I think this was great. I think, you know, what was interesting that might be worth a follow-up conversation at some point is kind of that once you've gotten people in, are they are they having the experience you want? So Sarah, right. to your point, kind of like where you've been misused, you do exactly. this great copy and then there's no user experience. And then the the cycle is, right? Then that tells Google that people want to bounce and they don't want to be there and they're going to deprioritize the work you just did. So exactly. I think there is that understanding on there's a whole bunch of different elements when it comes into how you show up online that probably require a specific level of expertise, but they don't work in a silo. So you can have the best copy in the world. If you have a poor site structure, it's not going to help. You can have the best like jazzy site in the world, but if it doesn't actually give you the information you need, people are going to leave. You can have both of those things, but if there's no call to action, then like how are they going to actually be able to follow up and convert, whether that means just even reaching out to you or buying something. So I just encourage everyone to understand it's not about one thing. It's about kind of the totality of things that you do and making yeah, sure that you're doing it. Yeah. And getting the people who can help you to do those in the right way or, or investing in the skills yourself, you know. Makes sense. It makes sense. Boy, Sarah, I have so many more questions for you. I could talk about SEO all day. You know, strategy call with me, Gene. It, it, yeah, well, I, I'll probably reach out to you separately as well because I'd love you to take a look at my site. Sure. Um, you have a website copy audits. I never answered your question about that. When you asked what you would do with an existing site, yeah. if you didn't want to refresh your copy, like sometimes people have a site and they just hate all the copy on it and I'll just you know start from scratch. Um, but if you like some of your site, I do what's called the website copy audit and I will look over the entire thing with you. I'll tell you what needs to change. I'll give you some copy suggestions of what I would do if I were you. It's like a full day thing and intensive where we look over your website. You just said something I was just going to ask you and you said something really important. You said it's like a full day thing. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're going to do that, you you need me involved as well, right? I mean, I probably need like 90 minutes of your time. Okay, yeah. well, 90 minutes, that's fair enough because it's not like yeah. you can just appear and suddenly be, you know, an expert on CRM or for any business yeah. that you're Yeah, because I need to know with. what your ideal clients need to know and why you're different from your competition and all these things. But I send a questionnaire to all of my clients before. So the quick process is they reach out, I send a proposal, they accept, contract deposit, the whole thing. Questionnaire, kickoff call, draft it, review it together, finalize it, then they send it off to their designer. It's awesome. That is awesome. Yep. Sarah Noel is the owner of Between the Lines Copywriting. That's betweenthelinescopy.com. Um, you can also find it on Instagram at BTL Copy, right, Sarah? I think I yep. got that address, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your, your great information. We may revisit this topic in the future. And John, just so you, you bringing up a uh, user experience that gives me some ideas of people we should also be talking to that dovetail into what Sarah does. It's a great topic. And I know all of us are interested in making the most use of our website. So uh, Sarah, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Hartford Small Biz Ahead podcast. Hopefully you have enjoyed this conversation. If you need advice, tips, or any type of information to help you run your business, please visit us at sba.thehartford.com. My name is Gene Marks. I am here with my co-host, John Adekonis. John, thank you again so much for, uh, we're having a great conversation with all of our great guests. So um, I'm enjoying this and hopefully you are too. Yeah, it's been a great one. Everybody have a wonderful day wherever you are and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.